right, we're back with another episode of the One Third Two Breeze podcast. As always, this is Marlo joined by Casey. Casey, before I introduce you here, I would be remiss not to say congratulations, my friend, yeah. on the birth of your baby girl. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, we're recording a little bit later because uh, schedules are in flux right now. We uh, <laughs> welcome the newest member to the Prof Badger family here uh, on, on Wednesday. So uh, we spent a good part of the week kind of just trying to figure things out, get in a new rhythm, new schedule, figure out how to watch sports with two kids now instead of just one. <laughs> Uh, and uh recorded this podcast obviously so yeah uh, with that so it was um uh, an exciting week a great week uh a a um uh, i was gonna say tireless is that the right term tireless i don't know there was sleeping at weird times and less sleeping at times you normally sleep uh so obviously a lot of that and then try to sneak in some some uh sports watching in there um i had a and kind of amongst this, as I'm kind of taking, you know, leave or whatever paternity leave or whatever vacation days from work, uh, there was a, uh, I don't know, would you call it a, uh, I don't know if it's an argument or something, but uh, Daniel Hudson, who is a closer for the Nationals, he yeah. was game one of the uh, NLCS because he was having his third child uh so he went yeah. to go see that and uh sean doolittle was asked about it and he uh his reaction was if your reaction to someone having a baby is anything other than congratulations i hope everybody's healthy you're an asshole uh <laughs> that was apropos to my uh current situation not that anybody's like telling me i should go to work or anything but you know right. I, I don't do uh you know don't have the I guess the uh, stress or um, whatever that uh, a closer does, but that kind of hit home with me this week. So yeah, everybody's doing fine. Uh, everybody's you know healthy, and we're getting into our rhythm and, and whatnot. So uh, yeah. Anyway, big week for me, Marlo. How about you? What's going on? Yeah. In your world. Well, no, no days off for Casey in the podcast. So just keep it in stride. Yeah, that's right. Recorder, he's here. He's dedicated. <laughs> uh, I'm doing well. My my week was not as as eventful as yours, obviously. Well, uh, I was a little little status quo, it'd be but it, it it'd be tough. Yeah, that would be tough to beat. But it ended off with a bang uh, over the weekend, starting with the Badger football game. If you're ready to get into it, yeah, let's let's do a Badger football game. Uh, Badgers dominate the Michigan State Spartans, uh, thirty-eight to zero. Um, I guess let's just. I think we'll talk about all of it and more in in, in our our kind of segments we have lined up. I don't have much else to recap. Than that. Although I did try to a little uh, and attempted a meme, I guess, Marlon. Oh, is that what it you is? Did. I made a little I made a little graphic. Um it's out on the Twitter. It is probably it looks probably like a third grader tried to make. <laughs> uh I took a I took uh a screenshot of like the a map of Michigan and Wisconsin and I attempted to put a greater sign in between this nice. in Michigan. <laughs> Because uh, now we're three zero. I don't know if you heard this, Marlo. I know everybody's talking about it, but we're three yeah. zero against uh, the state of Michigan uh, this year. So, um, yeah, it's a great. Graphic. Nice. Uh, I'm I just bringing up the tweet right now. It's fantastic. It's it's great. Um, I put some <laughs> colors in there, uh, so that was great. I Casey enjoyed. does the internet. Yeah, it, I, it was like somebody <laughs> take this idea. That like the, this little uh, third grader uh, ability that I have here, and run with it because I think it'd be funny. Um, it, it was fantastic. I enjoyed the. Uh, we we'll appreciate the deed for the UP now. Thank you very much, State of Michigan. That was fun too. Um, so it was kind of some fun ribbing there. 
after after this just dominating victory. So let's dive into it, Marlo. Our segment. All right. Uh, the good, the great, the bad, the ugly. Uh, how about you? You go first with the good. You're good. Okay, my good. It was homecoming. I know we yeah. talked about it last week. Yeah. We All the fest- but we, we came back. <laughs> but we we're here, and everyone came back. Uh, had some, you know, saw some saw some people I hadn't seen in a while. Some of the celebrity sightings, like uh, Gosser, Josh Gosser, was nice. at the tailgate. That's fun. Saw our good friend DJ Shauna. Uh, as she's always Shout throwing out. it down in the student section. Shout out she's in the red great, zone. Yeah. Uh, so all the homecoming festivities were out and about this week and during the game. So my good is homecoming festivities. Right. It's like more like a, I feel like it's like a staycation almost. Yes, really <laughs> staycation. We're celebrating not going anywhere. That's fine. I guess, we'll, I don't know, we can't look at this guy, but it doesn't matter. All right, I, I, we talked about it last week. All right, good. Yep. Homecoming, always fun. Always fun to win on homecoming. Um, so that's great. Okay, I'm going to go with, <laughs> I have, I Again, this this is weird. It's weird when it's so good. When the game goes so well, and we have to kind of pick out some good and great, because a lot of this game was good, a lot of this game was great. Very little yep. was bad, very little was ugly. So um, this is kind of... I feel like we say this the, this season has been going so great that uh, yes. we can't complain about the same thing. But my good is the jet sweep, Marlo. The jet sweep. We saw the jet oh, sweep. Oh, it's back. I was calling... I was yelling at the TV all game because they were just crashing down on the middle on Jonathan Taylor. Uh, the jet sweep was back, and I felt like... By the time we use it in this game, the game was over. The game was decided. Yeah. Prior had a 66-yard touchdown run. The game was out of hand at that point anyway. Uh, but I think it wasn't so much this game that we were doing this for. Uh, Prior had the 66-yard touchdown. Uh, Krukchenk had the uh, 23-yarder uh, going to the, the other way. It was more to our opponents going forward to just go, hey, remember we can do this, so you have to game yeah. for it. And right. please don't just crash out on Jonathan Taylor every play because uh, I want him to get some yards too. Uh, but the jet sweep, it was super effective. Again, it was when the game was over, but I think it was a – I mean, I, I'm just good because it was effective and good because I think it was important to go, look, we still got this in our arsenal. We can still do this. So that was my kind of obscure uh, but uh, uh, good play of plays of the game. So Yeah, I uh, love it. I'll stick, sweet. With, I'll stick here, Marlo, with me, yep. and I'll go with my great. Okay. And I'm excited to hear uh, your apology to your apology to your apology. <laughs> Jack Cohn, back in the grave. Uh, I don't even know where you're at on this. I can't I can't keep it straight anymore, but I just assume whatever happens, you said the opposite happened. To, uh, you were on the opposite take last week. Um, and I went with great here. He just, and this was said a lot during the broadcast and I think was written a lot about, he just accepted what the defense gave him. Michigan State came into this game and said, we're stopping Jonathan Taylor. And they kind of did. We'll talk about that more maybe in a little bit. Uh, but Cohn just did enough. He was 18 for 21 for 180 yards. It doesn't, I, I guess, the completion percentage jumps off the page. The yards don't jump off the page, averaging 8.6. I know we often focus on that one touch on zero interceptions, not making that mistake. But seemed like he made the plays when he needed to. seemed like he checked down when he needed to. seemed like everything yeah. kind of, he pushed the right buttons throughout the game. Uh, and as a, uh, a, again, it's when it's 38 to zero, you don't need him to make too many great plays. Uh, but he did enough to really put this game out of reach for Michigan State and kind of pile on, pile on some of the points. I really enjoyed Matt Millen kind of bringing it up throughout the game that this is the best. He's oh, is that who was on the call? Yeah, that was Matt Millen driving me nuts most of the time. Yep, um, and I th- I th- I know that they're Big Ten announcer, and I know that you need to like 
kind of try to keep the I, we talk about this a lot with announcers like you need to keep the fans uh, casual fans invested so like when they're hoping for a Michigan State comeback I gotta I keep telling myself that's why they're doing it they don't think it's necessarily gonna happen they're doing it to try and keep those casual fans into the game but let's be honest they all moved on if they're not if you're not a Wisconsin fan I don't know why you were watching this game when it's <laughs> whatever 31 24 or whatever it is to zero um but I think it was a, you know, again, I'm still hung up on this Hornybrook thing, Marlo. He was st- I felt like a little jab at Hornybrook, Matt Dillon, saying how this <laughs> is the best he's seen uh, in some quarterbacks. And I just kind of was like, yeah, take that, Hornybrook, uh, as he's getting by Clemson. Uh, anyway, Cone, back to Cone. That's who my grade is. I stuck to the game plan. Uh, they were committed to the run. They still ran the ball a ton. They still ran. Uh, I got 46 carries here, which is ridiculous. Uh, but Cone did just enough in the air, and I think, that's why we won the game while we were able well why we won the game was the defense but Cone's offense was um what put it over the edge for the offense so that's all right hey but yeah he looked he looked confident back there which is something to say for against that Michigan defense was which was you know they did sell out on the run but they were coming after him um but he was able to kind of stick you said stick in the pocket take what defense gave him and you know be able to move the chains when we needed to so I, I can get that I don't know. I, you know what? The cone meter. I. I'm just gonna. I'm just not gonna. I'm not even adjust it. I'm not going to yeah. jump on it. I'm just as long as long as we're winning, it's fine. Okay. All right. Yeah. So I, I guess we'll. we'll uh, we can talk about that a little more later. But I'll we'll go on to the, my we'll great. Get the, we'll get the graphics department on the cone meter. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All right. My great Casey is brought to you by the number four. Uh, the number four is how many shutouts we have this season, nice. including this one. That is nice. It is also the number of touchdowns we have led up this season. It is also the number of touchdowns the defense has scored this season. Four. So my grade is brought to you by the number four for yeah. those reasons. Turn in like Sesame Street. <laughs> That's right. Would the number four be interested in sponsoring our podcast? <laughs> um, <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Number four, uh, and I guess by extension, uh, great stat work there, Marlo. That was fantastic. Uh, the defense. I got, I'm going to throw some defensive numbers at you, too, here, Marlo. All right. Uh, where the Badgers defense ranks nationally through six games, rush defense, number one. Pass defense, number one. Total defense, obviously, number one. Scoring defense, number one. Yards per play allowed, number one. Pass efficiency <laughs> defense, number one. Third down defense, number one. Uh, amazing. I would have wished they would have thrown. That was a stat by uh, Zach... Helprin. Uh I wish they would have thrown just like a number two in there. Maybe there isn't a number two. Um, this is was going to be my great, uh, but I, I thought we were going to talk about the defense somewhere else. But um, the screenshot of Michigan State's drives in this game um, is fantastic. It's like uh, eight punts, two interceptions. <laughs> it's just it's beautiful. Um the Spartans were two for eleven on third down. Marlo, uh, Badgers, yep. as we mentioned earlier, number one defense on third down percentage have held their opponents to thirteen of eighty on third downs, uh, which is sixteen point three percent. And the Badgers have allowed points in just four. There's your number again, Marlo. Four, four. Of twenty of the twenty-four quarters that they've played in. Nice. So twenty of the twenty-four they haven't allowed points. So some random stats uh, for you. Uh, oh, I have more. More I just had to scroll down on my screen here. Uh, Even more sets. Uh, Joe Thomas sent out a pretty sweet tweet. He said, put that in your pipe and smoke it at Michigan <laughs> State football. So shots fired by Joe Thomas. Uh, Classic Joe Thomas. They had a total of 91 yards Michigan State did. 
uh, five first downs. 20 yards of that, and one of those first downs was on a fake punt. So, Dang. Dang. Outside that fake punt, which, to be honest, Marlon, when I was watching this game, there was the fake punt, and then they got another first down. That I think it was a subsequent first down where the guy made the sliding catch, Yeah, and it was behind him, and we challenged it. It seemed to me a little bit like a panic challenge, and I went, for a second, I went, uh-oh. Like, are we getting a little unraveled here? Like, is are we are we panicking a little bit? Like, the momentum is shifting, and then no, the momentum did not shift at all. That was the end of it, uh, right there. But it, there was a moment. There was a. I guess that was the only moment in the entire game where I went, "Oh no!" The rest of that, I mean, other than that, it was uh, sixty minutes of of just pure enjoyment. Yeah, it's pretty great having stress free football like that. Like when you can look back to in a game, especially in the Michigan State, it's one thing against like yeah. the, the Akron's of the world. Yeah. When you can sit there and it's a conference game, a Michigan State team coming in, and you just sit back and be like, the only time I was worried is that one time they actually caught a ball. Yeah. And, and that was it. And it's, yeah. just, it's just so great. It's just such a good feeling. I, I can't get over it. Yeah. You know, that's that's a great point. It's the relaxing, uh, relaxed free football, but not like uh, Akron was or like Central Michigan was where it's like, this is what we're supposed to do. But in when it's a surprise and it's against a Big Ten, a, yeah. what we thought was a good Big Ten, I still think they're a good Big Big Ten team, but like it's just an added level where you don't check out. Like I never checked out in this game yeah. would against you know the non-conference slate. Uh, shout out Kent State, um, but you stay engaged, and I you know really wanted this uh, the shutout, and we got it. It was fantastic. Uh, yeah. on that last, last second, I guess last minute interception. So that was fantastic. Um, so all right, wow, that was only our that was only our greats. Okay, uh, I'll move this along, Marlo. I'm going to move on to my bad again. Yep. this is tough. I'm going to go with the first the first play of the game, <laughs> uh-huh. the one holding penalty, the one penalty on us all game. Bad job by you, offensive lineman, whoever that was. Um, <laughs> you had to God, you had to reach deep for that one. It when it happened again. So this was maybe the first oh no, oh no moment. I was like, oh god, really? They're gonna call? It's gonna be like this? Like the referees are gonna be like this? And then they never call the penalty against us the rest of the game. So I might have <laughs> reacted to that. Oh no! But uh, that's my bad. The one penalty uh, that we had uh, in the game. How about you, Marlon? Was your nice. Bad? Okay. Uh, my bad, Michigan State fans. Um, uh, yeah. So they, I mean, you know, pretty quiet during the game because they had to be. They legitimately just came off getting shellacked by Ohio State and then not scoring a point uh, against us during this game. But as they started leaving the stadium around mm, mid-third quarter um, and so on, they all had the same same uh, comeback for anything that was said, and it was just, well, we'll be back in basketball season. Okay. And that that sucks. That's not even clever. It's not good. It's not basketball season. Uh, it doesn't matter. We're in football season right now. Just take your licks and keep on walking, or come back with a better comeback. Then we'll, you know, you know, we'll talk about basketball season. So bad on Michigan State fans. You need better comebacks. Yeah. Well, number one, nobody cares much about basketball, college basketball, as much as they do about college football. Right. Unless you're, unless you're at like Duke or something. Like they did. Number two, what game do they think they are coming to? They think they're coming to a basketball game? No, they traveled <laughs> all the way to Madison for a football game. <laughs> Idiots. Exactly. Yeah. Their basketball team is going to be pretty good. We'll talk yeah, about they are. They are. I thought but still. Winston, he's been there forever. I thought he was gone. Anyway, all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Marlon, what's your ugly? Uh, my ugly, uh, you kind of, you all, you, you went through it in depth, oh, actually. No. My ugly was the, was the Michigan State offensive stat lines. Ooh. 
Um, they are pretty ugly. You you rattled off kind of the, the highlights there, but yeah. if you take a look at it, it is kind of it is comical. Two quarterbacks that threw for less than 100 yards uh, is yeah. pretty funny as well. Fantastic. Um, yeah, it, it, Lewerke, is that his name? They're, they're a starting quarterback. He came into the game as the Big Ten leading passer. I did not know that. Yeah, uh, and I think passer in total yards or something like that. They put that set up. I wrote it down. Uh, because I couldn't believe it, uh, but I guess you know, I'm going to say it's true because I wrote it down, and there might have been a graphic before the game about it. Uh, so to do it's because I was uh, I was all of a sudden again I was like oh I should jot this down because that seems worrying something to, uh, to know, and he is probably no longer that. <laughs> he had 53 yards and was I I think he was benched right he wasn't yeah um, yeah he was benched he wasn't hurt I didn't see him get hurt so okay yeah, he was benched um, okay all right uh, Marlon my uh, their offense oof, it was bad. I mean, our defense, maybe our defense is really good. I know that there's been a lot of kind of like frustration with Michigan State's offense um, over the over the years. And this last year, they like just shuffled their coordinators, which I don't understand how that works, but that's what they did. Um, so there's a lot of consternation about their offense, but apparently the rookie was throwing well before this game. Uh, and uh, I don't, their offense looked, looked really poor. And I just, I don't know what they were trying to do out there. I don't know what they were trying to do. Um, with that, all right. My ugly is uh, not in this game. I couldn't find it ugly in this game. I didn't want to insult Michigan State things, uh, although I'm glad that we did. Uh, <laughs> I'm with Iowa's uniforms, Marlon. Did you? Whoa, that? <laughs> that was ugly. Uh, you know, as a person who proclaims their favorite color is yellow, because who cares? It's a favorite color. That's what it was when I was little. I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with it. Um, yeah, that was a lot of yellow and not a lot of black. Did not enjoy that one bit, uh, you know. Oh, that was not good. The yellow, the yellow on yellow, just doesn't work. You can't do that. Um, and then on top of it, it was like it didn't. It wasn't seem like the Hawkeye yellow. It was kind of like this off yellow that kind of resembled like the that someone had had peed all over their uniforms and just <laughs> left it there. And it was just not. It wasn't a good sight. I don't know who signed off on that one. Yeah, not great. I, I could see what they were. I liked, yeah. It was just all the all yellow. If they just had the yellow top and then had like black pants or something mm-hmm. uh, with the yellow accent, I think would have been fine. But the all yellow was just a little bit too much for even a lover of yellow as myself. So uh, ugly was off the board. Iowa uniforms. Uh, I will not be buying that full kit uh, to wear to wear around the house. So um, before we, I, I know we're going to talk about the Big Ten in a little bit, Marlo, and I want to just kind. Of, I have a. I have a thought I want to kind of talk through with you here and, right. and talk through with our, our fellow fans out there. All right. So obviously we're we're in the midst of a Jonathan Taylor for Heisman um, campaign, right? We think obviously he's worthy. Um, let me start out with his over under on the season for touchdowns was 16. <laughs> and he scored his 17th in the first, first quarter of his sixth game. I think so we both took the over in the beginning of the season. Yeah, I I wish I you, one gambled in two. Well, maybe I don't wish I gambled, but at least on this because that seemed pretty easy. Um, so he already has seventeen. Well, so he would have had I think two. Whatever he has seventeen, maybe eighteen touchdowns. I don't have it in front of me. Um, but in this game, Michigan State came in with a plan to stop Jonathan Taylor. He had twenty six carries for eighty yards, two touchdowns. He also had three catches for twenty two yards. So all in all, a hundred yards, 
two touchdowns, which is a good day for a running back, especially against a defense that comes in and says, this is all that we're going to do. So my argument is this game is, I think, an example of why running backs probably won't win or maybe never will win Heisman trophies again. Because it's so hard for running backs, even great ones like Jonathan Taylor and some of the other Heisman Trophy winners that we've seen in today's college football, to put up the type of numbers that kind of jump off the page at you. Because if you look at uh, Jalen Hurts or a Burrow or you know whoever the heck else quarterback is out there, when they have a quote-unquote bad game, it's going to look like 300 yards and two touchdowns. And that's going to, at the end of the year, add up better than kind of this game will. And I think at the end of the season, you kind of sit down with the dust settles and you look at the stats. It's just too easy for quarterbacks to get stats and too easy for not too easy because it's very hard to shut down Jonathan Taylor to the extent that Michigan State did. And he still had a very good game, but it's not blowing the doors off of like eye popping like he needs a Heisman. So yeah. in that sense, I'm going to say it's too easy to limit running backs because of the amount of things that running backs can do, whereas you can throw a screen pass as Jalen Hurts and the guy can run 80 yards and you get all those stats and get that touchdown. So I think that this game kind of encapsulates to me why it's very difficult, if not impossible, for running backs to win the Heisman because of the way college football is played and the way in which it's harder for running backs to just put up the stats and it's easier for quarterbacks. Did that make any sense or was that just rambling? No, it does make sense. You you have proclaimed that the Heisman Trophy is now just a quarter, the best quarterback in the country trophy in the past, and it yeah. to a point that does make sense. I would add that it's also in today's game. It is you know obviously of a more wide open pass happy game, yeah. uh, you know especially out in the Big Twelve, uh, SEC, and and what are the like and then so when you turn on these games and you see these. You know the people that are voting. They're supposed to be voting for the best player, and all you really see is this quarterback is uh, they're throwing 40, 50 times a game, um, as opposed to like you said, the running back who's giving you know a couple opportunities. And if they're not able to break that big one, then it doesn't you know like the stats don't really add up. Um, like you look at it, I mean, I think if, I think everybody kind of makes the same argument when they look at Jonathan Taylor. And they watch him play. They're like, "This is a good running back. This is special. You should enjoy it." And they should be a Heisman Trophy winner. But in the same breath, they start looking, rambling off these crazy stats that Hurts yeah. uh, and and Jay Leonard putting up against. <laughs> those are the same people, <laughs> uh, but <laughs> that are putting up against you know yeah, some poor uh, yeah Tua and Hurts is what I was looking for. Uh, putting up these these crazy numbers against you know maybe not the greatest competition, but they're still putting up those numbers. Yeah, it's just harder to, it's harder to, I don't know, I don't know if that makes sense. It's harder to stop a quarterback, which I guess they would presume then that that's because they're a better player, but it's, it's not because if you have four players sitting there, four quarterbacks, excuse me, sitting there with similar stats, right? At the end of the year, Hurts, Tua, um, Burrow, I think those are the top three, right? Uh, are yeah. going to have similar stats, and then if you compare Jonathan Taylor to the next best running back, I mean, it's going to be a world of a world of difference, I presume. Um, but that's just I don't know. And being in the Big Ten, I think it's also like it's more impressive that Jonathan Taylor's again. We're only what two, three Big Ten games in, but it's more impressive that he's doing this in the Big Ten. I think because the Big Ten is you know Smash Mouth football. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, all right, I just, just it's a happy yeah. idea. Just just a thought I have out there. Uh, this game just I was looking at this game and I'm like he had a really good game, but his 
you know, his stat, his stat line wasn't that great. Aren't aren't you know jump off the page, give this guy a trophy? But like what he did in the game was amazing. Him turn, just him turning two yard runs into five yard runs and zero yard runs into two yard runs is just unbelievable. And when you watch it in a game, that doesn't jump out at you like uh, a stat as a stat line. So um, I don't know. I'm just trying to give a defense of him by saying I just think the whole you know the the, stat, the deck is stacked against running backs uh, and he has been the best and it's been great to watch so alright um, let's take a step back Marla where what are we halfway through the season already we are halfway through the season possible my god yeah six six games in six and no bowl eligible bowl eligible <laughs> alright uh, pop the bottles I guess I don't know um, no. with that uh, so I think it's a good time, Marla, to take a step back and look at kind of resizing Wisconsin's expectations. Let's start there. We came into the year and we said, hey, you know, I think a good season would be winning the Big Ten West, right? That's kind of the goal. Taking it back. What we judge the success of Wisconsin on. And then we can go from there. And then we can look outside and see, you know, kind of talk about bowl games, talk about Big Ten championship, that sort of thing. I think we need to resize this, kind of reshape it a little bit, right? I think now we would say we expect to win the Big Ten West, and we'll talk. We'll dive a little bit more into where the Big Ten West is. Yep. There's a good chance we'll find out in two weeks, right? How good mm-hmm. our chances? But there's a good chance we win the Big Ten, and there's a, a pretty. Even if we don't win the Big Ten, there's a really good chance we're going to a really good. Uh, what, is it still just New Year's Day? Yeah, the New Year's Six. We're going. We're prob as we expect. Uh, now we would expect, right? Our new expectation is going to a good bowl game. Whether that's Rose Bowl or one of the other ones, um, I think it's Rose Bowl if Ohio State goes to the college football playoff, right? We would kind of move right. that, presumably, if we win the Big Ten West, right? So yeah. that's where we're at. I think those are yes. those are reasonable expectations, right? Win the yeah, I believe, they're, I believe they're – yeah, I expect to win the Big Ten West at this point. I think, um, yeah, going in, I think I say going into the season, expected – well, I said a good season would begin to that uh, getting to the Big Ten title game, yep. and then kind of see where we go from there. I think one of the big things as we have gone through this half of the season, like we, I think the Michigan State really put an exclamation point on, it, like, okay, this could be a special season, but we still have to go through Ohio State probably twice yep. um, for that to really, you know, culminate into like a college football playoff. Uh, appearance, which I think would be the alt, would be like the what do you call it, a stretch goal, right? At this yep. point, uh, and we'll know more okay, in two that weeks like here. A CrossFit term, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but we'll know more. We'll know a little bit more in two weeks here, yeah. exactly where that stands. So it's 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 hard. I, I think we're at a, like that sticky point because we have that cloud of Ohio State overhead and yep. you know how are we going to do against them and that's really all that matters at this point. Obviously we can't take any other teams lightly and have uh, what happened to Georgia happen to us but um, yeah but at the same time I think expectations are high and I think I think I've been talking to a lot of people we're not going to go into that game I think before the season started when we were like 3-0 there was a lot of talk like well we'll probably just go you know 15-2 and this season with two losses to Ohio State but I think there's a real confidence now that we can at least make a game out of that. If not win it, it's going to be tough being at Ohio State. Um, but even if we get the rematch in the neutral side in Indianapolis, we'll have a chance to to actually win that game. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. But it definitely, we came into this kind of thinking maybe we could get we would like to get there. That's our goal to get there. But now we kind of yeah. expect to get there, and maybe 
could win it. Uh, it'll be really interesting to see Ohio State's speed against our defense. I don't. I think they just have a different level yes. of speed on their offense that we haven't seen yet. Um, but we'll see. But I, the one thing you kind of mentioned, uh, kind of not taking the other teams lightly, and that's one of the things I think that this Wisconsin team has been so great at so far is they don't take anything lightly. They are. They seem laser focused on like the next play. Every game I've seen, how few mistakes they've made. They seem super focused. I guess you could say, you could argue that the Northwestern game was a bit of a struggle, right? But we had that an easy win there and kind of let teams that Northwestern back into it. So, um, all right, that's, I guess, getting in a little bit in the weeds. I guess I'm kind of saying I don't expect yeah. us to have those let-ups like we've had in the past because this team, right. something about this team seems a little bit focused. So let's size up the Big Ten West. Again, we're talking about expecting Wisconsin to win it, but there is – so coming into the season, uh, I think a lot of people – Wisconsin was one of three teams kind of talked about to win the Big Ten West, Wisconsin, Iowa, Nebraska. And depending on yes. who you looked at, that's kind of who uh, different pundits and sites were saying uh, they had expected to win. Um, with all due respect to Purdue, Illinois, Northwestern, we're not going to talk about you much. You're <laughs> one and two and oh and three and oh and three, respectively. Uh, I don't think you have a real chance to win the Big Ten West. So let's focus on that. And I guess Nebraska and Iowa are the, I guess, disappointing teams um, with Nebraska at 2-2, two and two, Iowa at 1-2. and two. Although I would say Iowa is a much more respectable two losses, losing to yeah. Penn State and Michigan. But having those two teams, I'm, a, I'm avoiding the other 3-0 team for right now, Marlo. Having those two teams with two losses is huge at this point. Yeah, I, yeah. At this point, I got two losses. I mean, I I think you you never know. But I, when you get to two losses, uh, especially this early season, you you almost have the done chain put on you as far as the the Big Ten West, right? Um, you think so? Um, yeah, you, you you think so? I mean, things I could happen. They can get back in, but that's kind of that's kind of tough to come back from two down. I would say that uh, absolutely for Nebraska. I think Nebraska has been incredibly disappointing. They just got crushed by Minnesota. Yeah. And if you're Nebraska and you're expecting to win uh, the win the the Big Ten West, you can't you can't lose that game uh, at Minnesota. They have a relatively favorable schedule remaining. Uh, Nebraska does with uh, Indiana, Purdue, Maryland, winnable against uh, Wisconsin and Iowa. Those will be tough. So Nebraska and Iowa still have to play each other. So they have that going. Uh, I guess against them or for them, depending on how you look at it. But I think Nebraska, you look at it and go. Yeah, those two losses are, are pretty – the other one is Ohio State. So, again, that's yeah. a respectable loss, but that Minnesota loss kind of is a, a, a bit of a dagger. Uh, Iowa, however, has losses in Michigan and Penn State uh, at Michigan, home to Penn State, which um, I guess would you say were respectable losses. But they would have to, you'd think, win out, and they have game – that includes games at Wisconsin against Minnesota to get back into that. So, yeah. I was – I think one more. I think you're out of it. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So there it is. <laughs> They're playing fire at this point. All right. So we buried the lead, Marlo. This is yep. why you wanted to talk about it. This is the. I think the rant you want to make. I'm going to set yeah. it up here for you. At the top, in alphabetical order, Minnesota. <laughs> and I Minna put them on the top of our sheet to soda. annoy you. That was that was the point of that. Yeah. Minnesota is. <laughs> that was annoying. Six and zero oh. overall. Uh, what do you think? What do you think about that Minnesota Gophers tomorrow? I mean, they're annoying. In Nebraska, I told you to beat them. You didn't come through. Now they're sitting at six and zero. 
Now they're starting to feel it because uh, I think the APL, I think they came in, they came in ranked number 20th for this week. Yep, 20th now, yep. Yeah, and they're 20th in the AP poll, so they're starting to get some sort of respect. I don't like this. I don't like P.J. Fleck having material to give his, his kids to roll that stupid boat with. And I just... It doesn't make any sense. No, it makes no sense, but that's what he does. He he rolls the boats. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I I think... Beavers make dams, not gophers. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so it's just annoying. And and then you look at their schedule coming up. Um, Like I said, there's... It could be a, it, it again. Try not to get too far ahead, but it could be a collision course where that last game of the season for the Axe matters about its winner. Winner goes, any yeah. loser go home. Mm. Yeah. Well, their next two games: Rutgers, Maryland. Uh, easily winnable games, I think for yeah. for them. They could be sitting at eight 0 which would uh, would be kind of crazy, especially how the start of the season went. They should they yeah. have, and should have lost two of their first three games, if not all three. Um, They've the cuddle, the Purdue was a weird game. Uh, they beat Illinois easily. They crushed Nebraska. Uh, I don't know that this team is good, but they've won all their games. It's kind of weird. They'll have two easy ones. Then they'll host Penn State at Iowa. Yep. If they come out of that, I guess if they split those, then we're kind of talking about it all coming down. And then they're at Northwestern. I shouldn't sneeze on that, but uh, uh, yeah, you're right. It could if they split those somehow, which I would be shocked if they did. It could all come down to it uh, on Saturday, November 30th, uh, against Wisconsin uh, for the Axe for the Big Ten West. I would be surprised but it is it is for sure possible um we've talked kind of talked about everybody else's schedule marlo just to remind our fellow fans i'm sure they know uh but we wisconsin has uh at illinois at ohio state so obviously that's a big one we keep referring to two weeks away and then they are uh host iowa at nebraska versus purdue at minnesota um kind of like i mentioned i expect wisconsin to take care of the games they should win Yes. Right? So that throws into doubt Ohio State. We still have Iowa. I was at home. Iowa's offense doesn't look great against good teams. We have a good team and a good defense, so I'm <laughs> feeling slightly more comfortable. It's a simple man. <laughs> with that. And then and then it's at Minnesota. So Yeah. It's there. I expect it to be there. I just can't believe that Minnesota is really making a race out of this. Uh, hopefully they'll drop off. Hopefully they'll return back to the form we expect. I thought you were going to come in a lot more hot about Minnesota. Uh, I I just remember Sorry. up till freaking one thirty in the morning or whatever. I was watching them play Fresno State in double overtime, and they win that game. They should have lost two times. Yeah, annoyed the crap out of me, and that's still stuck in the back of my mind. No, I'm just so annoyed. I ugh. I I mean, I just can't. I just I I, I don't. Yeah, I, I look at that. I don't know how they got here, and I know they're feeling good about themselves. And I just see PJ clapping his hands on the sidelines, and it just makes it just makes me furious. That they're six and zero, and they just shouldn't be, and they're going to be eight and zero, like you said. So, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, well, Rutgers not Rutgers not going to beat them. Maryland's put up some weird score, so I don't know what the heck to make of this Maryland team. Uh, they are all over the board. Um, so, I'm trying to pull it up here. They uh, win forty eight to seven. Maybe Rutgers is just that terrible over Rutgers, <laughs> and then they lose to Purdue forty to fourteen. Yeah. I don't know. It's it seems like either they score forty or give up forty each week. Neither one side of the football shows up for them. Uh it seems each week. So actually that doesn't make sense. Whatever. The team shows up every other week. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, 
That's it for Badger football, I think, Marlo. Let's move yeah. on to basketball. Marlo, it's in the air. The weather's below 50. At least it is here. It uh, is. Probably there, below 50. We had to turn on the heat. I would have liked to fight longer, but, you know, new baby can't really. You got to <laughs> you gotta keep the temperature a little warm. Um, and uh, the, <laughs> the three-year-old just... It's not about clothes right now. <laughs> Can't be bothered. Not no clothes room. No clothes room. Um, I mean, it's ridiculous. All right. Uh, anyway, uh, on the basketball, the NCAA has screwed Micah Potter. I want to keep calling him Micah Porter. Why? Why do I want to call him Micah, Micah Porter? Is that a person? Yeah, Michael Porter. Wasn't there a, was it Michael Porter? It was a Michael Porter. It was a Michael yeah, Porter. Michael Porter Jr., yeah, yeah. That's what it is. Michael Potter, he, uh, the NCAA, for some unknown reason, and it's honestly unknown, uh, denied him, uh, I guess, the first half of the season. So he'll have to sit out uh, until the end of the first semester, which means he'll be eligible for, I think it's a December 21st game, yeah. something like that. So he'll miss essentially the non-conference schedule, although they keep sneaking conference games earlier and earlier into the basketball schedule. Um, he sat out all last year for Ohio State, played zero games, wasn't involved with the team at all, declared very early that he was going to transfer. Uh, and why they're making him sit out essentially a third semester doesn't make any sense. It seems like I've tried to, it's really a hard thing to research and I tried to look into it a little bit. There seems no rhyme or reason to why the NCA grants an extra semester or not, or why they chose to do this to Micah, I don't understand. Uh, he doesn't understand. It's not explained why uh, in any of the NCA's rulings. Uh, I feel in the kind of the general sense is if this is a blue bud school, if this is Duke, this is Michigan State for those Michigan State fans who left early. If this is Kentucky, he's playing, but it's not. So he's not. It, it, there's other than that, I don't see a reason why he's not playing, and it's really frustrating. Uh, that the NCAA just continues to be the most inept, or one of the most inept organizations around. So, mini it still it doesn't make any sense. I don't know. It, it, there's no yeah. Like you said there's no rhyme or reason. It just seems like you make a you make a statement. It goes down some gerbil hole. They send it to some interns. They give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down without any you know reasoning behind it, and then that that's the letter of the law, and you just have to live with it. And that yeah, it really sucks for him because it's his it's his only year, right? That he's going to have left, or maybe he has another season. But either way, having to having to sit out for have another one. But either way, having to sit out of basketball for three semesters when you've already sat out doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. Um, yeah, and he, I mean, he went to he went to his classes. He was a student at Ohio State. He did yeah. everything right. He declared early. Fulfilled his obligation, and then and the NCAA arbitrarily said no, thank you. Uh, all right, other basketball stuff, Marlo. Uh, the red-white scrimmage was today. Awesome. Uh, the, the big one. Um, standouts: Aleem Ford uh, couldn't make a shot, but scored eleven points. Nice. Uh, Porter lo- Potter looked good. God, I got some from Porter someday, <laughs> someday. Uh, and they, uh, Davison led uh, the other team uh, with ten points. I don't remember if he was red or white. Doesn't matter. Uh, Marlo, I just so. They played two 10-minute halves, so essentially a half. What do you think yep. the score was? Uh, what do I think the score Wisconsin was? Against Wisconsin against Wisconsin. It had to be in like the 20s. All right. Just throw the score. What do you think? Uh, I'm going to go 21-23. Oh, you're, you, I mean, you essentially nailed it. 24-22. Nice. <laughs> I know my team. Basketball. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh God, what, what a thrrilling scrimmage I, for all 4,000 people. 
I'm glad it's in front of thousands. That's the report I said. Thousands of people. Um, I'm glad Wisconsin. I don't have to watch Wisconsin play Wisconsin. <laughs> I can root for Wisconsin, enjoy the things that they do well, and I don't have to root for when they play another Wisconsin. That's great. Uh, I think it's 23 days till tip off Marlow. Uh, that's all we need. I, it's I, too I soon. I can't get into basketball that soon. I I'm keeping days. Days are hard for me right now. Yeah. <laughs> I think I read that today. But if anybody's out there and counts it down, it might be off a day or three. I'm not sure uh, when I read that. So uh, that's it for uh, the Badgers, Marlowe. Um, other NSA football, let's take a gander back at last week. Yep. What we got right. Uh, this seemed pretty obvious, and I'm going to give us credit for all of these. Uh, Saturday night was awesome. There was it was three, a good night for football. Three good-ish Entertaining-ish games. Uh, LSU defeating Florida. Uh, Penn State over Iowa. And Notre Dame over USC. Um, Florida was better than I thought, Marlo. I think they're better with this other quarterback. Although LSU won by, what, 14 points? Yeah. I felt like Florida was in it for a bit. Yeah, no, it was it was legit, uh, legit good game. I think last week I said I, th- I thought LSU was coming and blow the doors off of Florida. Uh, Fuller coming into the, is it this? No, that's not. That's Florida. Anyways, coming in, uh, coming to Death Valley. That's what it is. Going to the Death Valley. Uh, but yeah, that was that was a good game. I agree with you. I forget who was the guy who was the quarterback that's hurt. But he when he was playing, I was that's when I was like, this, this Florida team is not a top ten team. They seem to be they seem to be hitting a little better, a little better on offense on the offensive side of the ball with uh, with their quarterback they have now. But yeah, that was fun. It's always fun. LSU at night. Any game when they're when they're rolling when LSU is rolling you get LSU at night those games they're just they're, it just seems electric there. It's fantastic. Did you notice that you moved uh, Herb Street to that game on ESPN? I did not. No, he I didn't was, have sound. He was yeah. on that game uh, instead of the Penn State Iowa game, which is the ABC game because normally he does the ABC game, right? Yeah, that's yeah. The whole that's a little shtick. Yeah. So they moved him to that. Um, the ABC game was Penn State Iowa. Uh, we'll talk about maybe that a little bit more. Uh, we talked about the ugly uniforms of Iowa, uh, Penn State winning, uh, scoring a late-ish touchdown to to kind of go ahead and put that one away. And then uh, Notre Dame USC. Let's uh, we'll talk about that walkout. Let's move on to walkout. We got wrong, Marlo. Okay. Uh, we'll talk about it there. Um, I'm still on this USC thing, and I'm <laughs> I thought they could upset Notre Dame. The score was 30 to 27. Although watching it, kind of watching it. First of all, watching Notre Dame on NBC is tough because it's their it's their network, right? They have yeah. like, it's NBC buys it from Notre Dame. You get uh, you get Tarico, Doug, Doug Flutie. Flutie, yeah, Tarico and Flutie. When for the first quarter, for some reason, I thought Flutie went to Notre Dame. And like, this is this is absolutely ridiculous, and then I remember he went to Boston College, which not much different, not much different. Got kind of the same thing, yeah. Um, and it was just it was just a tough watch and. The score was thirty to twenty-seven, but at no point in this game did I think that South Carolina was going to win this game, <laughs> even though I, I really wanted to, and that was my upset pick, uh, Notre Dame. Uh, by the way, Marlo, how long do you think uh, Brian Kelly's been at Notre Dame? He's been there for a while. They got a, he was they got killed in the BC. I don't know, eight years. All right, I didn't look it up. That's apartment. I think he's seven and three now. I wrote it down. He was six and three. Now I don't have my notes in front of me. He was um, six and three against USC. So now seven and three. So maybe ten years. Ten years. Wow. 
here's my notes. Ready, Brian Kelly? How long yep. at, no, at Notre Dame? And I didn't even look it up. Fantastic. <laughs> nice. That's good, a good job by me, Marlo. Uh, he held since 2009. Boom, ten years. All right, we did it. Ten years. Dang. We, we worked it out on there. That seems crazy. That was a when they said he was six and three against uh, SC. Uh, I was like, no way. He's been there that long. And then uh, yeah, yeah. He, was, he was. So there we go. How many times has Vic Kelly had Notre Dame back? Like three. Three times. Well, they three the times. Championship. He did. They well, did play. they really go? I mean, that was pretty ugly. Well, they went. Yeah. Yeah. They they were, really, that was fun. That was yeah. Fun. That was, was that the last BCS? It was one last BCS. If it wasn't. Yeah, I think, was one that, of the was, last I think that was the one where everybody's like, "We need to stop doing this because this was brutal." This was a brutal one. Um, yeah, that Marlo, was the tipping up. point. Like, yeah, we need to get rid of this. Yeah, this is not. This is not working. Um, Marlo's, uh, your upset pick was A and M. Yeah, against Alabama. Got that wrong. Got that wrong. We just A and M got to win one of these. They keep letting us down. Uh, Alabama continues to roll. This upset we missed, and for I mean, no reason. Why would you ever pick this, South Carolina? Uh, somehow defeated Georgia. Georgia was 21-point favorite. South Carolina's on their third-string quarterback, and they win in uh, overtime, which it was just... I don't... Still looking back, I don't know how the heck this happened. Your, your kicker Georgia. missed it. The kicker missed the, missed the field goal. The guy had the glasses. Yeah. Mr. Automatic. That's messed two, up, man. He missed two field Two of them. He made, like, he made like a thousand in a row before that, something like that. I don't know. Stats department's kind of on the mend tonight. They're not... Yeah. They're not feeding me good information, but I'm just throwing it out there. Uh, yeah, so South Carolina, we missed that, Marlon. Tough on us. It's a tough break by us. South Carolina's terrible. I don't know if they won that game, but we'll talk about them more in a minute. All right, who's back? Who's not, Marlo? I'm going to say back. Big back. football's back, baby. Uh, yeah, it is. And a couple things I'm going to throw at you just real quick, Marlo. Uh, Wisconsin-Michigan State, third quarter, two possessions, no points, <laughs> one commercial break. <laughs> Big Ten football, baby. Let's get this damn thing over with. <laughs> run, run the ball. Run the ball. Run the ball some more. It was fantastic. Yeah. Um, I loved it. And it, obviously, we had a, I think a seven, it was 17 0 at that point lead. Uh, so I was feeling pretty great. I think we scored on the uh, first or second play of the fourth quarter. So it didn't last long, but that was fantastic. Penn State, Iowa was just a uh, classic Big Ten battle um, there. Uh, not a lot of offense. Uh, Seventeen to twelve, weird score. Uh, just big to pass, and then just the Big Ten beating the crap out of Maryland Rutgers. Both those teams just got annihilated this week. Uh, feels good. Feels like at home. Big Ten football's back. Ignore the other games that disproved this theory that happened. The high scoring Michigan State Illinois game. I don't want to hear about it. Well, relatively high scoring. I mean, right? It wasn't. It's Michigan Illinois. Uh, For Michigan, well, forty two twenty five. Yeah. yeah, but I think Michigan went up twenty-one nothing or twenty-eight nothing, and then yeah, and Illinois had to come back. Uh, but yeah, Ma- the Maryland Rutgers having them in the Big Ten, it's just like thank you, I, I thank you for the money grab for Maryland Rutgers. It's just so comical. I don't as neither of those teams in the they've been around for what ten years now or so uh, since they joined. I know Maryland American Rutgers maybe I don't know. Either way, they've never been relevant. Ever. Not even close. Not even once. So thank you. I appreciate you joining. I thought it might be this year when Maryland was scoring 60 Yeah, no, Maryland was definitely back. They were at the number one offense in the country for two weeks. That was was a good time. Um, Yeah, they've been at the end. You know, they throw them over there in the uh, 
Big Ten East where they have to face, you know, Michigan, you know. Michigan, <laughs> Michigan State, Penn State, Ohio State. I mean, it's just tough. Uh, tough for them over there, uh, but yeah, you're right. They haven't they haven't done anything. All right, not back. All right, for the last time, Marlo. I swear I'm done. You swear off them after this. USC's not back. Clay Helton's going to get fired. Urban Meyer's probably going to coach there. It's hundred percent going to coach there. I don't know. I'm gonna. I quit him. I quit him. I'm gonna quit him. I keep wanting to be back. I keep picking him as the upsets. Doesn't matter anymore. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done with him. It's over. USC. I'm sorry. I, I give up on you. You're not back. Um, God, I want them to be back, Marlon. All right, they're not. It's just so, so cool when they're back. They're not. They're, they're not there. They're not back. Just wait to Urban. Once Urban gets there, they'll be back. They'll be annoyingly back. Well, if Urban's there, I'm going to hate everything. Yeah, everything about him again. All right, not back. Other one uh, again. A, re- a repeat. Not back, Marlon. <laughs> Texas. Texas loses to Oklahoma. I'm sorry to put him here. I know that all of a lot of our friends were rooting for Texas. I don't know really anybody who was rooting for Oklahoma. But uh, Texas, Marlo. Just can't get it done. Red River rivalry. Yeah. Had everything going for them. They just run into Oklahoma. They just can't, I, they can't win the big game. And that's, you know, to be back, you have to win that big game. They've had two chances this season. Having real the occasion. Texas, officially not back. Sorry. Is it Sam that said that? Texas is back. Whatever. Just no, not back. Said it. Yep. Said it. We said it. Horns down. Did we ever say it? No, you said back, kind of. <laughs> we gave them a kind of back kind of, I don't know. after the LSU game. We say a lot of things, Marlo. It's hard to keep track. Um, yeah. So I think the antithesis, this, the, you could sit here and say, yeah, they lost to LSU and they lost to Oklahoma, which are two of the five best teams in the country. Sure. And they lost each by a touch. They lost each by a touchdown if you go by the score, which apparently matters. But both of those were like late kind of touch. They were down by 14 and scored a late touchdown. So I don't know that those games were as close as we kind of remember them to be, like even after this Oklahoma game, yeah, it was 2017 at the end of the third quarter, but it was really a 14-point game that Texas kind of got a, what would you call it? If you were a gambler, you called it a backdoor cover, right? Yeah, backdoor uh, cover. That kind of thing. I don't know that, like I never, I never thought they were going to win that LSU game. Again, this is going a lot of feeling. I know that like football is weird and it's easy to say, like weird can, things can happen, right? And it's easy to say after the fact. Um, but I never, like the USC Notre Dame game, like I never was really worried if uh, that Oklahoma was going to lose. Like I was almost like kind of like frustrated with it because I wanted Oklahoma to lose. Um, so in both those games, I don't know. Texas, they're like right there, but they're not back. And I think we got to quit Texas tomorrow. I think we got to quit saying they're back until they're in the big. Wait, do they, do they have a Big Twelve championship game or no? I forget. Doesn't matter. Whatever. They do. If they're back if they're, yes. If they're in that against Oklahoma, then if they beat Oklahoma, then they can be back. But we gotta stop talking about them too. I think. In our, <laughs> our back. All right. Next week, Marlon, let's look ahead. Yep. Looking ahead. I think Oregon might be back. Ah, we skipped it. Oh. Well. Oregon. Oh yeah. Oregon might be back. They might be good. They might be good. We'll, we'll look. Did you see the behind the back play by Jalen Hurts, your boy? I did see the behind the back play by Jalen Hurts. I felt like it was unnecessary. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it seemed unnecessary, but yeah, I did see it. That was cool. I think fifty percent of the time he just fumbles it there, and he looks like an idiot. <laughs> like it's not like yeah. Practices. Yeah. Uh. All right. Cool. All right. Next week, my luck ahead. Game of the week. Uh, ABC is again a Big Ten game. Uh, they keep putting it on there. I don't know if people want to watch it. I mean, I'll watch it. I love this stuff. I eat it up. But um, 
Michigan, Penn State. It's the whiteout, Marlo. It's going to be the whiteout. You said college games, game day is going to be there. Game day will be there. College uh, station. I don't know. It'll be interesting. I don't know what to make of Penn State. I don't know what to make of Michigan. Um, I think it's two good teams. Are either of them better than good? I guess. Well, go find out. But Harbaugh has to win this game, right? He has to. He has to. I know he has to beat the Iowa State game, but he has to win this game. There's no way he can have two, possibly three losses this season again and still be there, right? Am I right in that? I mean, if you lose this game, I don't see how this team beats Ohio State. Yeah. Right? Because you're kind of like you are who you are at this point, right? Yeah. Um, it's hard for me to imagine them going in here, losing this game, and then still being a good enough team to beat Ohio State. I know it's obviously a different game, but that seems unlikely to happen. So it does right. seem like a must win for Harbaugh at Michigan. Although, I, this is kind of good. So if you fire Harbaugh, right? Yeah. Are you getting a better coach? Probably not. So I don't know. It's just I guess I get he's hard to hard to deal with, and you got to deal with all his antics and his you know khakis and stuff. But I don't know. James Franklin seems like a good coach. He does seem like a good coach. Would you rather he, have you you you'd rather have ooh. Franklin Harbaugh, right? Would you if you had to ooh man, that's a good one. I think I'd I'd probably rather have Franklin because I think I it's one of those people that you hate when you're. When he's not on your team, but he's on your team, you freaking love him. Yeah, uh, you know, type of coach. So I, I'd probably, I'd rather choose Franklin on that one. He seems like he. Always he's a good recruiter too. Yeah, he seems like he has a way of saying the right thing. Yeah. Where Jim Harbaugh has a way of saying the thing that'll piss you off. So I just think, just from an aesthetic standpoint, I would, I'd rather have Franklin, and he just might be a better, better college football coach. Uh, so I think that's I think that's the game of the week. Obviously, in the Big Ten, that's going to be the game of the week. That's the one that will be zeroed in on. Um, other games of the week, I just tried to find like other ranked matchups. Marvel, there's not a whole lot this week. Yeah, not a good um, slate. But the Pac-12 is doing that thing where they have teams ranked between 15 and 25 again, uh, <laughs> and they play each other to knock each other out of the rankings. So we got uh, Oregon at Washington. Washington creep their way back into uh, the top 25, and then Arizona State at Utah. Either of these really interest you, Marlo? No, I, I the only one may may if I had to pick would be Oregon Washington. Yeah, uh, just to see if Washington knocks off Oregon completely. Like this time, one hundred percent completely knocked the Pac twelve out of the uh, college playoff conversation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, again, but yeah, I mean they're talking Oregon. They've had it. They've had a streak where they haven't given up a touchdown in the last five games. Mm-hmm. I mean it's no Wisconsin, but their defense is playing well. And to see if Washington could actually come in and and mix that up, uh, or, or is or, Oregon just a real for real team that only loss came to their only loss is going to come to that Auburn game? Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm watching both of these games. Where I'll be following along on both of these games for kind of a similar reason, right? I want to see if Oregon is that good. I want to see if Utah is that good because I don't think that Washington or Arizona State are particularly good. So if they can make it close games, then I'll be interested. But I expect Utah and Oregon to win pretty easily. Um, I do appreciate the Pac-12 putting these games both at 2.30 so that I don't have to do a Pac-12 nice. after dark. Um, the Pac-12 after dark is somebody who's playing BYU. Doesn't matter. <laughs> it's, it's late. Oh, no, it's, it's a Boise State and BYU. That's not even Pac-12, is it? No. Um, so there's not, a, there's not a Pac-12 after dark game, so thank you, Pac-12, for considering my... Uh, although maybe that's good with my awkward sleeping habits these days that I would want yeah. to... Then. Uh, so that's it. Not a whole, not a great slate uh, comparative to this week, but that's what's going ahead. Uh, Epsilon alerts, Marlo. Um, 
again, another tough one. Uh, if there is an upset, it's going to be a weird one, uh, like it was this week. But I'm going to try this again, Marlo. I'm going to go back to the well. You know, the All right. Not working. I'm going Never used this before. To the, it's tough to go into blank on Friday night. <laughs> we all know, Marlo, it's tough to go into Ryan Field, is it called? Northwestern State? Yeah, Ryan Field. It's tough to go in there at 11 a.m. on a random Saturday and, and play. But have you ever tried doing it on a Friday night? Because Ohio State's going to try it, Marlo. Dang. It, that's yeah. got to be That's got to be tough. Because you're gonna be on tough. a high school field. Yep. And now you're playing on Friday night when high schoolers play. Yep. True. True. It's going to be tough to get up know, for. Ooh, is Ohio State going to be able to get up for that at Northwestern, the 0 3 in the Big Ten? <laughs> One in five overall, or whatever they are. Uh, I yeah, I um, one in four overall. Tough, tough, tough place to play Ryanville Friday night. See if Ohio State can see if Jalen, Jalen, Jalen. I want to call him Jalen Rose. <laughs> Justin, Justin, <laughs> Justin Fields. i go. Justin Fields can uh, can navigate the tough environment, the tough high school environment on Friday night lights. Yeah, All right. down by the lake. All right. One more time with that well. All right. Again, another time with the well, Marlo. How about putting Florida on upset alert? Yeah. They are Again. going to South Carolina, who is celebrating on a high after beating Georgia in Georgia. South Carolina part the uh, Florida maybe coming off a disappointing loss, letting their guard slip, you know, a little bit of maybe we're not the team we thought we were. South Carolina, third string quarterback magic. Um, I don't know. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so we're just, essentially we're just rooting for chaos, chaos to happen. It's that time of the season where I mean, upsets upsets will happen yeah. and upsets will hurt, and they will yeah. they will have a ripple effect throughout. As the I think what are we two weeks away from the first committee coming out with the rankings? Uh, yeah, a week or two. Uh, a week yeah. or two. Yeah, it's coming. We're up. close. We're close. Yeah. Um. It was like I said. It's really hard to identify. There's not an upset I really like uh, that that I want to write on. But that said, I think that there will probably be one where like, holy cow, this happened or almost happened. Um, so, all right, I think that's it for college football. Um, retweet that Heisman Jonathan Taylor tweet. Has that popped up on you? Like every ad I get is them wanting to retweet, and then you click on the button to vote for Jonathan Taylor. Have you seen this, Marlo? Is this on your Twitter? Yeah, I have. Yeah, everything on my feed is... Retweet the whole thing. And I'm like, well, no, I'm not going to tweet your (laughs) advertisement. I just want to vote. I just want to hit the button and have the the graph show up. Uh, Anyway. uh, All right, cool. All right, on the NFL, Marlo. The pros. Here we go. Weird Sunday. It was a weird Sunday. No Packers, no Bears, no Lions. Oh, my. Um, We just had to root against the Vikings. It made a weird kind of Sunday for me. Uh, Obviously, Packers and Lions play tomorrow. I don't really want to break it down, Don. I, don't, I expect to win, right? Probably should. We're Probably should. Um, I don't like playing on Monday night. It throws off the whole week, although my whole week's already thrown off, so who cares? Uh, <laughs> so I watched a lot of the Minnesota game. I ca- just kind of thinking that Philly was good and it would be a tough test for Minnesota. And my God, was it not? Kirk Cousins is back, Marlo. Uh before the week, I don't know if you saw this, if he was a former Vikings player who's now on the Eagles basically said, uh, we want Kirk Cousins to play quarterback. 
We want him to throw the ball. That's how we're going to beat him. And then Kirk Cousins had a really good game because Philadelphia decided not to ever play a safety over the top <laughs> and just let Stephon Diggs run past them. And on two of the touchdowns of Stephon Diggs, Thielen's running a similar post route or whatever and is also wide open. And their safeties are like double teaming a tight end. I don't know what the hell they were doing. Uh, and Diggs had three touchdowns. Kirk Cousins had a, I want to say career day, but whatever, a season day at least. Uh, and Minnesota tweeted out uh, his stat line and said weakest, quote unquote, weakest link. Uh, and I don't know if you want to be promoting that Minnesota. He's still your quarterback and he's still been terrible the rest of the season. So maybe pump the brakes in the Kirk Cousins hype train. This is, no, this is typical Kirk Cousins, right? He goes out, he plays a crappy couple games, everyone tells him he sucks, and then he has he puts together like two two okay games, and everyone's like, oh, well, oh, Kirk Cousins, see, look what he can do. And then he'll just come back down to earth for pretty much the rest of the season. He might throw one more Kirk Cousins game out there, but he'll throw for like 345, but still lose a couple touchdowns, but they'll be like, oh, no, but Kirk can do it, but he really can't. He hit me. Threw an interception on the last drive that would have won it. Kind of yeah, exactly. While putting up 350 yards. Yeah, I think the Eagles' defense is just really bad. And I was watching this game, and in the back of my mind was the Packers lost to Philadelphia. Again, go back to the other podcast if you want to see me be really, really upset about that game. But uh, I kind of watch that game and thought, all right, Aaron Rodgers putting together. We're figuring this out. And it's like, eh, maybe Philadelphia's defense is just awful. Because <laughs> Kirk Cousins destroyed it, and uh, Aaron Rodgers looked really good against it. So, I don't know. That kind of put in a question. This today kind of put my, like, kind of the faith or, the, like, the good feelings I had about the Packers and some of their wins into doubt. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Philadelphia getting crushed by uh, Minnesota. It was so bad they switched. The, they turned the game off. They went to a different game. They went to the Seattle-Cleveland game, which was a great game. Oh, did they? They went away from, no, they went away from the Vikings game on uh, Milwaukee television uh, to uh, to go to that game. Uh, that's how uh, out of out of line it was. Um, and then Dallas loses to the Jets. And obviously Green Bay went into Dallas and it ended up being close, but beat the crap out of them for four-fifths of that game. Uh, and now that game, that win doesn't look as fulfilling, right, because they went on the road and lost to the Jets. Although Sam Darnold's back tomorrow. Maybe the Jets would... We don't know how good the Jets can be with Sam Darnold. Right. So maybe it's not as bad of a loss as we think. It's a bad loss. Yeah, sure. We're giving the Jets the first win of the season, but I, the Cowboys look so suspect. Um, I mean, the last few weeks, but I, especially at this game, and I know they had some starters. Uh, they had some starters out on the offensive side. I know Amari Amari Cooper was out during uh, during the game. Had to sit out the rest of the game in the first quarter. So there is that. But yeah, I, I agree. I, I get the revisionist history where you, especially in the NFL, when you feel good because you think these, you feel like they. Those teams are good teams, but they just end up, oh, they weren't really that good of a team. So how good is my team right now? Right. Yeah. So just a little thought. It was just, again, these are, it's, I think about all these things because the Packers didn't play today. So I'm watching these games and I'm kind of trying to filter it through a Packers, Packers standpoint. Any uh, Bears filtering uh, going by you, Mark? Anything that jumped out to you as a, as a Bears fan um, as your team rests and you cut the one quarterback, right? You have a new third string quarterback, or you just got yeah, a new three score, new third string quarterback, whatever. Um, <laughs> uh, bigger news is they're shutting down Kyle Long. Probably going to oh, put him okay. on IR. So there goes our left tackle. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, it's not official yet, but everything I've seen is that he's going to put him on IR. So Long's, or Long's out. Don't Still don't know about Mitch if he's going to be back. They say he'll be back for next week's game. I highly doubt that. So we got more of, probably have more Daniel um, as we go forward. So I'm really just not trying to think about it because it worries the hell out of me. And I'm trying to enjoy a bye week and just not, not even think about it. So speaking of worrying the hell out of you, Marlo, I saw uh, a stat. It was a tweet out there. I should have uh, captured it. I didn't. It was uh, toughest remaining schedules. Have you seen this? Oh, I saw that tweet. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Bears have the toughest remaining schedule based on yeah. records through last week. Yeah. So obviously that could subject to change, but a tough slate ahead, it sounds like, for the Bears. And that's, you know, a little bit of first place schedule. It's a little bit of having the NFC North, right, where all the teams yeah. right now look pretty good. Yep. Um, so it's, it's a little bit of that. Uh, and breaking news, Marlo, this seems obvious in hindsight. That was my joke. Uh, the, Pope <laughs> is, the Pope is a Saints fan. Oh. He, he tweeted out, uh, <laughs> sent on a tweet. If you haven't seen this, uh, I mean, it's been kind of kind of out there. And uh, kind of why I'm bringing it up is because of that is. So uh, the Pope, the big one, uh, Pope Francis tweet out today we give thanks to the lord for our new hashtag saints and then put in the saint the new orleans saints <laughs> logo uh, <laughs> they walked by faith and now we invoke their intercession so apparently they the the catholic church named some new saints uh fantastic uh but also <laughs> invoked <laughs> the new orleans saints uh so of course the pope is a saints fan who else would he wrote root for right yeah um but i think it's more so everybody essentially made the same joke I'm, yep. I'm guilty of it. I made the same joke. Uh, but it was just early morning. Everybody's getting up, getting ready for football. They see this tweet, and everybody has the same kind of uh, same kind of Twitter joke tweet on it. It's fantastic. Um, Do you think the Pope knows what football is? Probably not. <laughs> yeah, I think he got all the mentions after I, it's, it's, it was pretty funny reading through the comments. But if, I mean, I'm sure he, he sits on his Twitter and, you know, reads through the uh <laughs> the people commenting on his tweet. Yeah. And I wonder if he's like, who what is this what are what is everyone talking about? I don't know how much time the Pope spends reading his replies, first of all. <laughs> <laughs> Same, well, I bet he typed it in whoever does his Twitter and saw like so the Saints logo is like a Fleur de Lee, which is obviously kind of somewhat involved in the Catholic Church, right? So they're probably yep. like, oh this looks cool. <laughs> Boom. Uh, and went off went off of that. Um, yeah, I don't know how much time the Pope spends uh, reading the tweets. So he's from Argentina, right? This Pope's from Argentina. Um, I don't know. I think I don't. I don't know that he he knows what uh, what football is, or at least follows enough to know that there is a team called the New Orleans Saints. Uh, all right, those are the headlines, Marlo. I want to get some, into some quick questions uh, that I'll fire at you, and then yes. we'll both answer. So all right. <laughs> let's go. Are the 49ers for real? They defeated the um, the Los Angeles Rams. Side tangent, the Rams' small logo and the Chargers' small logo look too familiar. Like, if you just... So, when you look at the schedule and you see Los okay. Angeles oh, Rams, Los Angeles... Got it. They're both kind of yellow, kind of blue, kind of white, <laughs> and, they, and they're both like... It looks far too similar. It's very frustrating when you're trying to write out and see uh, matchups and, and scores. Anyway, all right. Are the 49ers for real, Marlo? They defeated uh, the, the Rams. They are undefeated. They are for real. Jimmy G is finally healthy, coming through. Uh, Shanahan got his offense in place and his players in place. They're making plays all over on the offensive side. Defense is holding things down. I think they're for real, which sucks. 
Well, I guess it sucks in the sense that they're at the NFC. Uh, they are five and zero. As I mentioned, they did, well, they won twenty to seven today. Uh, I think they're for real. I think the NFC West. I think we'll talk about that a little bit more in the next question. Is really good. Uh, and I kind of like so. Uh, confession, Marlo. I was a 49ers fan also growing up. Oh no! Jerry Rice was, Jerry Rice was my favorite player growing up. And I don't mind when the 49ers are good. I kind of like when they're good. So, confession. There we go. I hope uh, you feel better now. I feel fine. I feel okay, fine. good. You know, you have to pick some. It's not like the Packers were necessarily bad when I was growing up. Um, I mean, when I was way younger, like the pre-Brett Favre years, it was, you know, you're a kid, you root for winners, and the 49ers were winning. And I really liked Jerry Rice for some reason. You know, football cards, things like that. All right. Yep. Best division, Marlo. Uh, we kind of touched on it there with the 49ers now that we both said they're for real. NFC West, NFC North, our division, or off the board, other? Best division. Oh, man, that's good. I mean, I think at this point in the season, you have to go with the NFC West. Uh, going forward, we just talked about the 49ers. Uh, this, yeah, Russell Wilson's doing his thing, winning close games everywhere. Um, yeah, I think... It's 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 very tough. NFC North. I mean, I it's I I think that I think this, the jury's still out on the NFC North. I, I don't know if we if all those teams are good if we just came to a good part of the schedule at the beginning of the season here. Um, I'm not going to say teams are bad, but I, I I would have to give the nod to the NFC West at this point. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think if we're talking about 49ers for real. The Seahawks look really good. I mean, they just do enough to win. In I think I think they do enough because it honestly I think the coaching holds them back and <laughs> Wilson probably is should be the favorite to be MVP right now but they run the ball at weird times they do weird things their game plans seem really weird um, I think and then you have the Rams who are now somehow three and three uh, losing I guess was it back to back games the 49ers and Seahawks and I think you take the Rams. Seahawks and 49ers over yeah, the top back-to-back three games. Yep. NFC North. I think the the argument is how far does the Cardinals bring the you know the worst team? Let's in the West is the Cardinals, and let's presume I'm going to say this knocking on wood, the Lions are the worst team in the NFC North. So the NFC North is quote unquote deeper because their worst team is probably better. Uh, I guess granted they tied each other, so maybe that's yeah. <laughs> a great case. But I think if you play that game, you know, ten times, I think the Lions win most of those games. Um, but I think you're right, NFC West. I think you're going to see two teams come out of that. And for the Rams, it's very worrisome to be three and three uh, right now with two in division losses um, for their chance to to make the playoffs. Unless you think three teams are making the playoffs out of that, which would be tough. That'd be tough, yeah. Especially yeah, yeah. with. Especially with the North, uh, you, you'd think you'd get two out of the North, two out of the West. So you're not going to get three out of one division. All right. Um, so we're both going with the NFC West. Uh, yes. There. Great. All right. Who's the best team in the NFC East? Dallas, Philly, both. Three and three, I think. Stats department, get on it. I, I have them both at three and three. Um, I guess you could also say the Giants <laughs> or Washington. <laughs> or Washington, who won. Uh, who's yeah, Washington. Yeah, they're not winless. They are not winless. They're winless. Um, so Dallas or Philadelphia, Marlo? Uh, who is the better team? Who's the favorite to win the NFC East? Yeah, great question. We're gonna get a good answer next week. 
Uh, they play each other Sunday night. But uh, at this point in time, man, Dallas was so high. And then these last three games, they just look not like a good football team. Completely opposite. Yeah. And I think Philly, for some reason, they're just not getting, they're just not getting it together. I th- um, but if I had to pick a team where they're at right now, I would go with Philly. Uh, just because I think they have better coaching. <laughs> that's, yeah. that, that's one. They have the weapons, too. Uh, but I think the coaching the coaching's better. And I think they have a better chance of writing the ship than, than Dallas does. Oh, it's, that's very, That's a great point. I didn't think. Uh, I didn't consider the coaching as I was kind of preparing my answer for that. Definitely have an edge there over uh, Jason Garrett. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna stick with Dallas though. Uh, I think that uh, when the pieces are there, I think they're but all around football team. I've just been so disappointed in Philadelphia's defense. I've watched them now two weeks in a row. I think it's two weeks in a row with Philadelphia and Green mm-hmm. Bay. Um, or no, Dallas was last week. So two out of three weeks, I've watched Philadelphia. Um, so much Dallas last week. Mm, not not a great point either. I'm gonna stick with Dallas. Philadelphia <laughs> defense is just so suspect uh, to me, and that's kind of the the Achilles heel. I, Wentz has been really good. Their offense has been good, but I just think they need to score so many points to keep up with what this defense has given up. So I'm gonna go with Dallas. Although I'm amazed that these two teams are sitting there at 500. All right, Marlo. Next question: Can the Falcons be fixed? Slash. What an amazing fall from Super Bowl two years ago, three years ago, three years ago. Three years ago. Yeah, no, no, they can't be because I think every week everyone's like, this is when they put it all together. We got Matt Ryan and Julio Jones to do on the outside. And it never, nothing ever works. This was, uh, this week in particular, was just bad. It was just bad. It wasn't even like that fluke where they run around and they score a lot and all of a sudden we're in the game. It was just... Not good. I think they're done. They're done for the season. They might as well pack up and just not play any more games. Yeah, they're one in five on the season. I mean, I don't see a road back from that. The, Matt Ryan today. So a lot of this, you kind of think of like Matt Ryan, uh, you know, he's not the quarterback we thought. His talent today, 30-36, 356 yards, four touchdowns. And they freaking lost. That's <laughs> I mean, number one, I think... Dan Quinn has to go. I don't see yep. how you can continue to employ this man. Uh, I don't want to, again, I don't like calling for people's jobs or anything, but if you're going to turn him around, you need a new voice. You need new leadership. He's a defensive coach. He got this job because of the work he did with the Legion of Boom in Seattle. Um, with that stat line, with scoring 33 points, they gave up 34 points to a rookie quarterback and a rookie coach. Something has to change there. Scheme-wise, defense-wise, they're uh, one of the highest-paid teams in the NFL. They can't be going one in five. I don't know what you do to fix them. It seems deeper than just the coach, but I think someone has to be the coach. Um, I don't know what else. I don't know what else you can do. You're kind of locked into Matt Ryan. You're kind of locked into some of the other pieces, right? They just gave Julio Jones a yep. contract too, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Yep. Fine. I think. I think you could. I think you could justify Julio Jones. I think you could twist an arm and justify Matt Ryan but somewhere something's gone wrong for that team and I think it starts with the head coach um, alright hmm. what was Brian Flores thinking putting in Fitzpatrick so in context uh, the <laughs> Dolphins Josh Rosen just struggling as one would as a Miami Dolphins quarterback uh, against the Washington uh, football team and puts Fitzpatrick in. He almost wins the game. 
What is he doing? Yeah, I don't know. Try to catch that Fitz magic. I don't know why he wouldn't want to go for the 0-16. Yeah. Um, it was a thrilling game against two teams that were formerly did not have a win. Uh, Washington is edging out Miami 17-16. Strange. Slim as the margins. As Slim as the margins. So we have the uh, we have the Dolphins still intact. No wins, right? Yep. And as you look down their schedule, I think it's fantastic. That it could come down to a fifteen and zero New England team and an zero and fifteen, zero and fifteen Miami team for oh. history. That would be fantastic. That would be great if it was if it was those two those two against each other. Um, so funny they put him in and he almost won the game for him. Yeah, it's crazy. It's fantastic. You don't put. Uh, I saw a, a tweet out there. I think it was Kevin Clark from ESPN. It was like one of the things you can count on. It, it was like Tom Brady in a big game, Aaron Rodgers against one safety deep, and Fitzpatrick, Fitzpatrick when he thinks he can convince somebody to pay him ten million dollars to play football <laughs> next year. This, this was his spot, and he can count on it. Um, all right, last one. Yep. Is there still room for Drew Brees on the New Orleans Saints? I don't know. Teddy Bridgewater making a strong case. Was he three and zero now or four and zero? When did Breeze go down? Four and zero, four and zero. After Breeze goes down, this is uh, this is getting ridiculous. This is. I think we start. I think we started this off as a joke, but um, I don't know. I mean, obviously, when Breeze comes back, is anything. But do you talk about it? Do you not like? Well, you got a good thing going. Do we just mess it up by having Breeze come back in here? Who might be the better quarterback? But there's something said about chemistry. Something said about believing. Don't give something away, day at AARP. We think giving. AARP. New sponsor. Um, is that a shot at Drew Brees, Marlo? I don't know. I don't know. He's a little old. I don't know if he's AARP AG. So they are four zero and. They lost the game when Drew Brees went out. It's a weird thing because it seems like the Saints team has taken on a new identity, right? Yeah. Kind of like, I say this, they won 12-10 to against the Cowboys, 31-24 against the Buccaneers, 13-6. They seem like a defense-first team. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater just does enough to win the games. And it seems like they have this new identity, whereas if Drew Brees is in there, they probably just crush people, and it doesn't matter. So it seems like they're forging this weird, like, Nobody believes in us, like gritty football team that we don't think of New Orleans as. And they're probably just better with Drew Brees, but it doesn't feel that way. It's like the narrative is different than how it probably should be. It's just a weird thing. Um, obviously, Drew Brees is a better quarterback than uh, Teddy Bridgewater, although I would have to say he's done a fantastic job filling in. And I would think that there'd be. Some football teams who would he'd be a better quarterback than their current quarterback out there. Uh, uh yeah, we just talked about Miami. Yeah, well, if, well, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what the hell Miami's doing. So that's, uh, oh, they're losing. That's what they're doing. They're, they're, they're yeah. trying to do that. Um, all right, that's all I had for the, the quick questions in the NFL. Any other NFL things? Uh, it. What's the uh, what's the? Uh, oh wow, Pittsburgh beat the Chargers. Holy cow! Oh yeah. The Chargers are done, huh? Yeah, Chargers are done. Hodges, the future. (laughs) Devlin, Devlin Hodges. Yeah, I don't know if you heard, but he's won uh, duck calling championships. 
That's important. It's, it's important. It's, you need it's from Samford. Uh, you, that's a question you need to ask during you know those interviews. You know, it's like Wonderlick. Can you do a duck call? Uh, that sort of thing. Paxton Lynch is on their roster. That's fantastic. Um, all right. Well, good job, Steelers. Uh, I guess protecting how terrible that Micah Fitzpatrick trade. Fitz is that his name? The safety that they tra- they traded the first round pick for the Minka Fitzpatrick. Yeah, Minka Fitzpatrick. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Just just trying to make that not look horrible. I think is yeah. what what they're what they're after here. Um, all right. That's it for the NFL, Marlon. Anything else you got on the NFL? No, that's it. I think we did a good job covering, so good job to you. All right. Good job. Good job, NFL. It was somewhat entertaining, even though I didn't have a lot of things to root for today. All right. Uh, on to baseball, Marlo. It's it's October. It's playoff baseball. It's playoff somehow baseball. In, it's uh, somehow in the NL or the LCSs already. I don't know how that happened, but here we are. Um, and the Nats mercifully hold a 2-0 lead over the Cardinals. God, I like when the Cardinals lose. Now I probably jinxed it uh, with with that stat. <laughs> but that, or it's not really a stat, right? It's just the standings, whatever. Uh, so the Nats win yeah. two in St. Louis. Um, if you're a Nats fan, you got to feel good, but you can't. You can't really feel too great, right? You're the Nationals. You've you've finally won your first playoff series. You know you're kind of available for collapses, right? You've kind of done this before. Um, so you can't. You got to feel good, but not too great. Uh, but that brings me to my stat of the week, MLB stat of the week. Yep. Uh, brought to you by ARP non-sponsor. <laughs> um, an amazing nugget by ESPN Stats. Also brought to you by ESPN Stats and Info. Also not sponsored. Edible Sanchez and Max Scherzer have put together back-to-back postseason starts of five no-hit innings. The only other time this ever happened was games one and two of the 2013 ALCS with. Annabelle Sanchez and Max Scherzer. Wow. Unbelievable. Crazy proof, stat. Proof that we're living in a simulation. <laughs> um, obviously, they were on the Tigers uh, at that point, uh, being in the ALCS. Um, other note, uh, Cardinals, as they are consummate professionals, always just you know applauding their opponents when they do well and whatnot, uh, have found a way to bitch about the baseball and blame their losing on that. Um, there's some stats out there that show that the baseball isn't jumping off the bat like it has throughout the regular season. And some people, Cardinals, are alleging that uh, baseball or MLB changed the baseball or it's 40 degrees. <laughs> and the ball doesn't jump off the bat like when it's 90 degrees and humid in St. Louis. God, Cardinals are freaking annoying. Is this deflate gate in baseball? Is that Pretty what this is? And the Cardinals act as if they're playing with a different baseball than everybody else. Hey, Cardinals, <laughs> everybody's using the same baseball. It's not just you. God, I hate the Cardinals so much. Uh, <laughs> freaking defenders will rule the games, and then they do throat slits when they win a game. Just, actions, yada, year Molina. Just the most annoying. And they're, in the whole, like, oh, the Cardinals fans are such intelligent base, baseball fans. Look at them. Uh, Annabelle Sanchez is throwing a no-hitter. They finally get a hit, and they have a chance to score. They get Annabelle Sanchez out of the game, and there's a, a lot of cheering going on in the Cardinals. And the announcers go, oh, this is for the pitcher because he did such a good job because of such smart baseball fans here in St. Louis. No, they're cheering because the guy who's shut them down the whole game is finally out of the game, and they have a freaking chance. That's why they're cheering. They're firing up their team. They're not saluting the pitcher leaving the field. Ugh. God, the Cardinals just drive me nuts. 
and they'll probably come back and win because they're the Cardinals, and that's what they do. Um, and the AL Marlow, uh, it's the top of the ninth. Uh, Yankees and Astros not a two-two. Yankees with the series one-zero. I presume we're all cheering against the Yankees. We are. Yep. You, we, by we, we all. I mean, you and everybody listening to this. Everyone is the Yankees. Uh, Judge hit a two-run homer. I mean, it's not fun. To, I mean, the Astros have been good lately. It's not fun to root for them, but I have no choice. Yeah, you're not rude. Yeah, you're not rude for the Yankees. This is not going to happen. So, and it just feels like both of these teams, the Yankees and the Astros, are far superior than the Nationals or Cardinals. <laughs> I feel like either one's going to just uh, win. Uh, so this feels like the real national championship. So uh, that is it for the baseball corner. Mar baseball diamond. We didn't name the segment. Whatever we just mm. like baseball. Yep. That's all I got. Any, any other baseball things for you, Marlo? No, that's it. You covered it well. Good job. Very cool. Very right. cool. We did it. We did it. Moving on. Uh, Marlo, I, I have bad news for you. What's that? I have no corner kick this week. What? I have no corner kick. Uh, it's again, America's I favorite was, segment. I was I was bamboozled by yeah. a international break. There was some Euro <laughs> international soccer that I just totally forgot. So everything I said about the upcoming Premier League schedule last week, <laughs> go back listen to that. That's what we're we're, we're talking about this week. Um, there was international soccer. England lost the uh, Czech Republic. I think that's noteworthy. They're both still going to qualify for uh, the Euros, but uh, Euros will be in 2020. Uh, so that's the next kind of big international tournament coming up. Um, so they had those kind of qualifier games this week. Um, and not Premier League, so I'm not going to talk. Or none of the leagues played. European leagues played, so I'm not going to talk about that. Uh, instead, well, there was a amazing individual and human achievement completed this weekend at the Vienna Marathon. Uh, I'm trying to pronounce his name. I'm going to butcher it. Uh, Kenyon Eliud Kap. Chage? Kapchoge? Is that how you'd say it, Marlo? I'll know. take it. Uh, I'll take it. Yep. I, I know I'm butchering it, uh, but this man is a legend. He ran a marathon, 26.2 miles, in under two hours. That's so I crazy. Feel like, I feel like this is on the level of Roger Bannister. God, I hope that's his name because I just pulled it off the top of my head. Running <laughs> under four minute, uh, under a four-minute mile. Uh, the Englishman to run it under four minutes. I'm gonna throw other stats, just in, other information out there, just in case that's not really his name, because I'm uh, I'm nervous that it's not it. But I feel like this is kind of a breaking point, a, a threshold that um, is worth uh, amazement. Where the kind of people thought this couldn't happen, and now it's happened. And obviously, what are you gonna get to? Like two minute, two excuse me, two hours is such a level kind of thing. If it goes down to 159, like that doesn't seem as meaningful. Just as every time we run under four minutes, not we, humans, not individuals <laughs> on this podcast. I mean, humans yeah, how often are you doing you know, it? Gets, the, yep. records, the records are getting lower and lower, uh, but it doesn't seem as at least as round and meaningful as when we broke four minutes, as he broke two miles. He ran 26.2 miles in one hour, 59 minutes, and 40.2 seconds. Absolutely amazing. Um, and That's 433 mile for 26.2 miles. For twenty six point two miles, I obviously didn't see when this happened. It um, happened in Vienna. I, I caught kind of some clips of it afterwards, and just his ability to run over the finish line, and he can see the time. Obviously, it's posted above him as he crosses, and just the triumph on his face. He's pounding his chest. He's raising his arms, 
and how he can do that after running that fast, agreed that long agreed and he afterwards he just hugs who presume some woman hugs him i presume it's his wife and then just hugs people and he just doesn't like he doesn't just collapse he he just does it and he completes it he missed uh he did he ran uh, i th- i think it was in 2018 he missed it by 25 seconds uh he ran just 25 seconds over 2 hours and he obviously um eclipsed that today just an amazing human achievement obviously an indiv- individual achievement first but i think this is this should go up there with kind of the human achievements we went to the moon we ran under 4 minutes in a mile uh again we humans not individuals um we built the pyramids whatever this is one of the i think this is one of those those moments so i wanted to give that a special shout out uh and just a, a, an amazing an amazing moment and then i watched the chicago marathon today marlo oh did you it was uh, i caught the end of it and they ran in like a paltry like 2 hours and f- 6 minutes or something <laughs> just oh, okay absolutely, <laughs> unbelie- absolutely unbelievable um and it was it was really exciting because it was you know kind of the end and it's like oh I know you Chicago I know Chicago a little bit not obviously not as well as you but you know I'm like oh yeah they're going over the bridge yeah I know this area and, and whatnot in that building uh, and th- but there was four runners running for the final three spots and they were like this this front club so it was a really fun finish to see that and uh, you know as I have now participated in a triathlon Marlo okay well, yes you are an one, one one third of a triathlon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I just find myself more interested in these things, so this kind of hit my hit my wheelhouse, and wanted to give it a special a special shout out here, uh, instead of <laughs> talking about rambling about soccer that I didn't really watch or really pay attention to. So uh, there we go. That's it. That's corner kick. Uh, it was a running segment this week. So nice. Um, that's all I got, Marlo. Anything else uh, for you this week? Uh, you know, uh, the start of the CrossFit Open. Your boy. Finished twenty point one. It was good. Official uh, start. Uh, so it's the f- open workouts. There's five weeks, four, yep. five weeks, five workouts. This is the beginning of the twenty twenty season. Okay. So it's the first one. So it's twenty point one. Uh, was the first workout. Oh, it and then it'll be twenty point two next week. Twenty point. It's workout one of twenty. I thought you that's were right. like that was that was your score. Oh no no no. Score is thirteen forty eight. So. Nice. There you go. Boom. Is that, is that good? Is that, how did, is that what you wanted it to be? Uh, yeah, it was good. I didn't think I was going to finish, and I did. So that that works. Oh, uh, yeah. It worked out well. I think top scores right now are like sub nine. So. Oh, it's a low. It's like golf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a low. It's a low. Uh, like anything. So cool. Anyways, that's that. That's all I got. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter at 132Breeze, myself at MarlonJR, Casey at Prof Badger Fan. Uh, Casey, I hope you get some sleep. Besides that, do you have any last words for them? We didn't talk about Clayton Kershaw. Do you want to talk about? Kershaw? Oh, Clayton Kershaw. Go ahead. Kind of sad. It's sad. I feel bad for him, and he like he realizes it. He knows he's not the same anymore. He knows he's not the same in the playoffs, and for as good a pitcher, it's kind of sad. It's kind of sad to watch. <laughs> Dude, everyone's day comes at some point. You just never know when it's going to happen. And we've watched Clayton Kershaw so many times just be that person. Yeah. Gets on the mound, you know you're getting a W. And it's And it's just, it happened so fast. I think that's why. It's just, there was no, it just all became undone. Yeah. And I, he's, it's weird. He's 31. It feels like he's 41. Yeah. You know, as far as he feels like over the hill almost at 31. Um, I just, it's weird. I wanted the Dodgers to lose. I didn't want him to lose. It was a very weird, 
weird moment, weird feeling. And the second he came out in the, I shouldn't say the second he came out in the eighth inning, uh, but when he came out in the eighth inning, he got the out in the seventh inning, he came out in the eighth inning, and I went, oh no, you know, I just I worried it was going to happen, and it was a very it's a very weird experience. I was glad it happened, but I was sad it happened to him, uh, Clayton Kershaw. One of the best pitchers of our generation, if not the best pitcher of our generation, cannot get it done in the postseason and is no longer that pitcher. A weird, weird moment as a baseball fan. All right, that's all I have, Marlo. A random tangent at the end there. Uh, fellow fans, until next time, I hope that all your favorite teams win all the sports.